9.35 and it is time for my friend and your friend, Barb Lampson, our master gardener. Barb, it's fall. Things have cooled down. I had some frost. I covered things up and I just got nipped a little bit on some of my, my dahlias. Right. I had a little bit of nipping on some of the plants, but not really a lot. The only thing, the biggest thing I've noticed is that the bumblebees um, aren't out early in the morning anymore. Too cold. Where do they go? Oh, they must be sleeping someplace. Well, do you know, I noticed they love to see them. So a lot of times when they're um, when it's cold, they just sort of sit there and you can pet them. You know, bu- sure. um, our friend Al Bat always talks about petting bumblebees and things. Right. And they are because they're yeah. So I'll ask them that at our at our Tuesday thing. And what you know, do they go under the plants? I good question. I don't know. But, yeah, but yeah. they're around still somewhere. They are because later on in the day you see them, yep. but you don't see them early in the morning. But hey, here, the um, this plant that's called the Mexican petunia, which is uh, an annual here, and um, I, I raise it in Georgia. It does just amazingly is well. Is that the one that's like orange flowers? It looks almost... No, not, not it's purple. One. Oh, It okay. is, It and they're bell-shaped flowers. It gets very tall. It's probably... Um, three feet tall at least and branches off. It's just a gorgeous plant, um, but you have to buy a new plant every year because they freeze out. Well, they're annuals here, right? Yeah, yeah but here's the thing. The bell-shaped flowers, and they they face out just like this, and the, the hummingbird comes, and he just zooms in there and, and gets his, his take on that, and then you know, he shares it with the bumblebees. The bumblebees in the afternoon, they're still there. They're going strong. The bumble- And then the, the bird comes in, takes off. I mean, it's just absolutely wonderful. I just love it. Well, you know what? I've got so many blooming now. So this is, if you want a late blooming fall flower, is the bottle gentian. And oh. those are the ones, I have purple ones, and they, they look like little... Oh, I don't even know how to describe it, but they're closed, so they're mm-hmm. not open, so you can't see the the little um, anthers with the pollen and things on them. But the only kind of animal or insect can get in there is the bumblebee, and they're created that way, so the bumblebee uh, will actually be able to... It's even harder for a person to open that up and get in there to get the pollen, so it's one of nature's adaptations to help them. When the master gardeners were out visiting at the lake house, they came, I know you weren't there yet, but they were just fascinated by watching these bumblebees just break into the top of these flowers that were, I mean, closed tight, really. Um, they look like it, but they're just beautiful dark purple and so nature is just so amazing but that was one of the fun things that they love so it's one of those late blooming plants uh, bottle gentian and also the asters are purple asters are in beautiful oh my bloom goodness, right yes. now yes you know what <clears throat> so there are a few things that people going by on the road or walking their dogs will stop and talk to me about uh-huh. and and asters are one of them when the asters start blooming they always want to know what the plant is well, this year, for the first time, the New England aster was eaten off by the deer. Aww. They've never done that before, but they did it this year. And I thought, oh, well, that's it. We won't get any blooms on that. It did grow, but it didn't get as big. But you know what? The deer did me a favor because it's a much shorter, clumpier oh. plant. Normally, it gets taller. And gangly. And gangly. And so I have to put like... Uh, um, a peony hoop around it sure. to support it. This year I didn't have to do that. But it still bloomed? Oh, 
just well, you know, better than ever. You've always told me that about the mums, the, the hardy mums anyway, because right. you're supposed to keep pinching those back because otherwise they get kind of floppy right. um, by this time of year too. So that so the asters, I didn't realize that you could do that with them too. Absolutely. So the deer did me oh. a favor. And I have to tell you, the, the mums that are the perennial hardy ones from the backyard that I dug and planted up front at full sun, you know, they I put three to a group, and they just got big, and they made um, a canopy, and they stood upright, and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Those that I didn't move that were in the backyard. Under more shade. Where there's more shade. They got taller, but even though I, I pinched them, and they flopped over. Wow. But here's the difference. Even though I had pinched them back, they showed color in their blooms uh, earlier in the bud, and they opened up sooner. And now the ones that were up front that did so, made such a uh, striking uh, grouping, they finally opened up. So it took them longer to open up. Oh. So go figure that out. Well, now that's interesting. But the, the good thing about that is, look at you had like a longer season of color. Yes, exactly. And I just got a note from my son this morning. And uh, we, you know, we write back and forth every single day. Sure. Either whether it's on the computer or on the cell phone. And uh, he said he just finished planting 400 tulips because I told him. Oh, good for him. Yes. And he said, I have 25 more coming. And of course, you know, they have snow any day now. Oh, they will? Oh. He's in Alaska, so go figure it out. Oh, yeah. That's, that's you know, the way it is. But, and he sent the last of his um, um, lilies to bloom. And he had this one, and it's... um, Orn pet, orn, orient pet, yep, orient, yep, orient pet, and um, it didn't the bulb, it didn't bloom early enough, and so across the street from him, there's another house, and it faces south, so he dug it up, he dug them up, and he planted them in the neighbor's yard because they said he could, and they 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 bloomed, they were just wonderful, and now he dug because he separates the bulbs, sure, and and. The bulbs were just massive. Huge, okay. Just absolutely huge and massive. So, you know, getting the right plant in the right place. It's such a, yeah. The full sun makes such a big difference. You know, it does. And But there's sometimes you just can't get around that. So you have to do the best you can. Because, you know, I've been planting the Dyervilla. Those are the ones that's a dwarf bush honeysuckle. And... Um, you know, they say they can have full shade or full sun, but honestly, the ones in the full sun do much better. I mean, sure. it's, even though they can tolerate it, it's a matter of how lush they'll get. I clipped an article that I read in the paper this week. Do you remember when we talked about broccolini and you raised it, was it last year? Well, I thought it was broccolini and it was Brocco Rob that I, oh. so it's a different thing. So I thought broccolini and Brocco Rob were the same thing. So R-A-A-B. Right. And I absolutely hated the Brocco Rob because it's such a bitter bite kind of, kind of like sure. arugula. And I just, that's just not something I like. Right. But the broccolini was wonderful. Yes. Because it keeps, I did plant that this year, Barb, and uh-huh. it keeps producing little broccolis, you know, not the giant head. You right. Little right. Stems. right. I love right. it. You know, I, I produced that one year too, but I couldn't decide how much of this can I, 
Can I take leaves? Can I take stem? How much can I take? And I um, I should have stir fried it and I cooked it. And I didn't like I don't like vegetables that are overcooked. No, but soggy and bleh. Uh, this article in the paper says, if you're wondering what to do with your broccolini, use it when you're making pizza. And there was a recipe for deep dish pizza. Oh, to I put thought, some on top? Yeah, okay. I thought, I have to give this to Karen because oh, yeah. you can have. Uh, I know you're you're a vegetarian and you, gluten free. You wouldn't you wouldn't want uh, the sausage uh, yeah. the sausage on it, but you can use different types of flour for the crust and, and or it, cauliflower for the crust is what oh, I love yeah, the that's, cauliflower. That's crust. a great yeah. one too. And they used a a big um, uh, cast iron frying pan for that one. Put oh. it in the oven and said it was absolutely fabulous. So then my Thank you. Da- <laughs> my daughter called me and she said, "Mom, guess what?" Here's the newest thing that I'm using when I'm entertaining people, and it's uh, very casual, and we're going to be outside. She said she makes pizza dough, and she makes a big batch. She divides it up, and she freezes it. I didn't know you could, you know, I thought that would I kill didn't the either, yeast. yeah. I, Works just fine. Oh. When she's going to have a crew of people in, she takes the pizza out. She lets it sit on the counter and, and rise up again, or raise up again. Okay. And then... Does it have yeast in it, though? Because not all... Those have yeast. Yeah, this or it does. Yeast. Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. And and what she does is, um, she puts out all these ingredients: the cheeses, the meats, the vegetables, and she flattens out and and makes gets the crust ready for them, and they add everything oh, that they want. I love it. She takes it out to the grill. It's like make your own taco bar, except make your own pizza. Yes, exactly. And. And it's your size. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. Well, my, my personal pan kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what she has four burners on her grill. She puts all four of them on as high as they go. And when that's when the grill reaches 450, she turns off the two in the center. And when the people come, that their pizzas go on those two in the center. It it has tremendous heat. It just it uh, browns the crust. It cooks the vegetables, but they don't burn. And then they just take them off, put another one on, or two on, or three wow. on, whatever you're doing. And so, if you want a, a personal sized pizza that's about you know three inches across, yeah. you get that. If you need six inches or eight inches, you get that. But you keep. And she said it was delightful because some of her neighbors had never tasted some of the vegetables that she had there. Like what? Well, I don't know what they eat or don't eat. Oh, yeah, okay. But it wasn't, it was on. She's in the South, right? Right. They don't put okra on it, do they? I don't think so, but okra goes in soup, that's (laughs) for sure. Yeah, right. But, you know, that would be a great thing with kids, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you put a little bit of of the vegetable that they don't like. I think... Hide it under the cheese. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I thought, hmm. Here we have, we're learning about broccolini, and we're learning about uh, doing pizza a different way. And I think that when you entertain, it should be fun. I mean, it, and when people participate at any level, I think that's even better for them. Wonderful. Hey, you know what? I planted 75 uh perennial plants uh, last weekend. Wow. They were all of those blue fescue grasses that I had planted oh, from yes, seed. Yes. Normally, if you buy them, like at a nursery, they're about 11, 12 bucks a piece in the pot. So I had started, and so I had started, I think, with 100 seeds, and I had, you know, I had about 75 of them that mm-hmm. still made it. And so I have that part that I told you I had all the rocks removed and new soil brought in. That So it's edging. So I'll have that repeat of all that 
uh, blue fescue every about every 12 to 18 inches or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then I planted uh, 45 daffodil, daffodil bulbs and 25 hyacinth bulbs just kind of around the the yard and I, I put them where there's a little bit of shade because sometimes when the, you don't want a lot of shade they need sun but sometimes they um, don't last very long if they're in too much bright sunlight so sure, so sure. so I was busy getting things out because somebody I think I told you last week somebody asked me about well I want to plant trees and shrubs but do I have to wait till spring I says nope now is an excellent time yes and talking about planting um, and redoing things, David renovated <laughs> our front yard. Again? Our south lawn. No. Oh, this is from before. No, right. This is, you know, we had, uh, when we took out these shrubs, we had the first 10 inches uh, of where the perennial border was. Okay. That the shrubs had, had been covering, so there was no grass there. Right. So... Right away, as soon as we took the shrubs out, we worked up those first 10 inches and uh, amended the soil. And what did you add to it? Uh, we used um, uh, uh, bone meal and we used uh, uh, worm castings and we used um, one other thing and I can't tell you what that is right now. Did you add compost at all? Yeah, oh yeah, and compost. I that mean, that you bought or stuff you had made? No, I the stuff we made. We've okay. always got two piles going, oh, one that's going for this season, one from, and this was early on, so we had plenty left in there. So, and, and the trusty wheelbarrow, along with the spade, and you mix things up, and then you work it into your soil, and, and that took off right away. We watered it, and it, and it grew really well. So now, um, our soil was looking, oh, you could see once he raked it, it, that everything was so compact yeah. it just and so he worked all that up and uh, put in compost and um, some lawn fertilizer the type they recommend that will be dormant until really spring and then reseeded so so that job is done and hopefully that'll turn out well Well, i had ordered more mini clover seeds and those mm -hmm. have just arrived yesterday so i'm going to be putting those out and after i core aerate the yard sure. and then sprinkle those over so i'll have a nice mix of grass with that clover because <clears> like <throat> i said i noticed the parts that the clover did take that i had planted was green all summer long didn't really have to water that's at right. all that's so right it's kind of nice yeah that that is that is a good thing about clover uh on the south lawn uh the clover that i had there it too was looking beat up and it didn't look very healthy it we didn't dig it out we just actually just by aerating it and 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 helped it you know the clover is so valuable because it puts down deep roots. Well, it, and it puts nitrogen back in the soil, so you really don't need to fertilize it. Right, it fixes the nitrogen. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and what it does when it puts down do, do, deep these uh, deep roots, it it provides channels for for air, and the plants need oxygen just like we do. It also brings the earthworms to that area because they can move around. I mean, it's it's just such a win-win-win thing for everybody. I, I have <laughs> noticed, you speak of compaction in some of my garden beds, because we haven't had any really right. rain at all. They are so compacted now, and, and I so I worked the soil up. I didn't have any compost or anything to put in them, so I, you know, I was 
is it just okay to work them up or oh absolutely is that going to do any but good? you know oh absolutely work them up and you'll be you'll have um, shredded leaves that you can put in there eventually and work them in and uh, if you uh, do a, a mowing of grass you know before the winter is over you'll have that that's nitrogen put that in there and uh, and just just work that in and by next spring it'll be all it'll be decomposed for you you know I have um, a, um, uh, I always forget what this is called. It's it's my winter box that I use for, uh, um, it's a frame, um, coal frame. Coal frame, there coal you go. Frame. Okay, there right. I was like, yeah, what there are you talking is. about? Okay. Coal frame. And it has uh, a window on it, so it closes. And that had become really compacted. And I just had a few things in there. I had some... Um, uh, some iris that were in there and I took those out and I found, found another place for them and I divided it in two. I worked up the soil in all of them. I put in new compost. I put in some earth castings. I put in uh, some bone meal um, and I had a couple of other things that had calcium. I put those in as well and worked it up all really, really well and then the half I put in um, crimson clover. Okay. I because crimson clover is just uh, it fixes nitrogen, but when when you plow it under, then you've got that new organic matter that yes. you're dealing with. So you've got two things going for it's you right there. It's green manure, as you, they call yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Does it reseed then? If you let it go to seed, so it will. So you shouldn't make sure you, you get let it, it before. bloom, but then then you then you. Uh, fork it under so so that works really well and then on the other side uh, I put in uh, lettuce and I also put in spinach so uh, that will germinate uh, early in the spring it'll get a good start and so I'll have that coming and uh, and then the clover and when the clover when I'm ready to uh, 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 get in and dig that up and 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 incorporate that in the soil um then then i'm gonna add something else maybe that i that i bought that i want to nurse along and watch for a while that's one thing about having a raised bed you can keep track very easily of something that you think might need special attention Speaking of raised beds at the lake house, I've got two raised beds, and I'm going to move them now because I'm going to make more room for Grant's uh, special lily cross seedlings. Mm -hmm. So I went out there last night thinking, well, I'll just pick these up and move them. The roots from the nearby maples have, I mean, they, of course, they're quite a ways away, but they have come up into that soil, and it is a mass of these yeah. little root hairs. And at the bottom, there was one that was probably, oh, a good two inches around so I'm going to have to literally take and pull all those root hairs and all those things out and separate the soil yeah. and cut the roots because they of course go with the passive least resistance and a, a you know a, a raised bed beautiful yeah. soil so <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> bigger project than I thought but I, I just can't believe how much those roots can take over so it makes sense when you have plants that don't do well around like a, a maple tree or something that has those dense roots that take all the water. Yeah, that's right. You know, even in in this uh, um, uh, box that I was working in, the iris that I took out of there, they had massive roots on them Mm -hmm. simply because they were in 
uh, more productive area, and they were getting watered, and and they just really were so healthy. And I took them out. I uh, made another spot from them in the garden, and I thought, you know, this is really a good idea. If you've got something and you don't think it's uh, growing to its capacity, the maximum capacity that it should be, you know, take it out for a while and baby it, and you'll be surprised at the difference uh, that you get. Which I wanted to be sure and mention the tree, uh, the trees, the the um, birds. We have had so many birds. I I don't know if these are birds that are uh, in flight and they're migrating, migrating maybe. back mm-hmm. home again because they fly in. They're so quick. They get into the bird bath and they just uh, they flop around in there and they <laughs> drink and they go to the feeder and they load up there and then they take off again. You know, we had this big paleated woodpecker and I always thought that they were after things like worms and that but it was sitting at the bird feeder and eating with the rest of the birds oh well maybe that, it's it wanted to vary its diet yeah I, I guess so I guess you're or right or maybe you didn't have a wormy enough trees because they generally like to you know get the borers or things in the tree yes well or maybe it was just lazy that day (laughs) said oh you know maybe it had a headache from all that pecking yeah yeah, this is this is pretty close but it reminded me reminded me that uh, before winter you should make sure that your bird bath is cleaned out really really well right Uh, with a mixture of bleach right yeah clean it clean it out with uh, with something that'll take care of any of that gunk that's in there along with your rain barrels they should be cleaned out now and drained unless we get rain and and you can you know you can catch it there and then get that spread out on your on your perennial garden or your grass too but it's so hard to tell what what's going to happen with the weather for us is it going to be a dry fall or are we going to make up these 14 inches it's, that were short it's very short and i continue to water things uh, and we're going to have to keep doing that Yes. Because we just, you know, it's sprinkled today, but it isn't enough barely to wet the, the ground. And I know that the trees or things may look good now on the top, but underneath, if they go into winter without that water. Right. So you need to deep, deep water. Oh, absolutely. We talked about this at our garden club meeting last week. And uh, <clears throat> this one lady said, you know, I think I should get a rain barrel. And another lady sitting next to her said, well, don't buy one. She said, I have one and I just... You know, I'm too old, she oh, said. She I'll give it to you. So sometimes <laughs> it helps to talk about things right. and speak up. Yeah, which is so true. And then another lady asked me, she said, I'm so confused about um, this compost pile. If you're supposed to have both nitrogen and you're supposed to have carbon, then how do you measure that so that you have the same thing? And that's really a legitimate question because actually carbon to nitrogen is 30 to 1. It takes more carbon than it does nitrogen. And so I said to her, here's what we do. And this is um, this is um, not just my idea, but this is best practices. You, you use um, volume. If you have a 5-gallon bucket and you have a 5-gallon bucket of carbon things, you put that in and you spread it. Then you put a five-gallon bucket of nitrogen materials, and you spread that on top of it. It goes by volume. 
carbon is actually, these carbon things are heavier for the most part. So just just do it by volume and then that'll keep you in sync. But she was, she was very, very worried about that. And you know, I was thinking about my mom when everything that wasn't used went to the edge of the woods and yes. was dumped out oh, there. Oh, we did the same. We had what we call the, the the food scrap pile. Yeah. 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 It went out there. And when she was canning, you know, all those peelings and things that went out there. And eventually that all break down, broke down and it went back in the garden again. There was no worrying about if you've got the right amounts of things. So sure, you just put it out there, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And we always had little apple trees and things growing because all the seeds that got dumped out there. And right. And then in the middle of the summer, you'd say, oh, my gosh, look at that. We've got potato vines growing. <laughs> right. in, in exactly. Odd yeah, things. Right, right. Hey, is it too late to plant um, buckwheat for a cover, uh, cover crop for fall, do you think? I wasn't sure, you know, it'll probably sprout, but then, you know, you don't want it to go to seed. But I was wondering if, if it's too late yeah. to do that now. I don't know. if uh, When I stopped um, at um, Seed Savers in Decorah, Iowa, yeah. they had buckwheat growing. And, of course, they'd started that earlier. But, oh. I mean, they're, they're looking at pollinators, and there was just swarming in there with, with pollinators. So, yeah. uh, And then they'll plowed under so that they get the organic matter right so might be too well so i in the past i did it early in the spring and then i just kind of you know right put it under <clears throat> then later but the one year i guess that was maybe last year or the year before that i planted red on um, the crimson clover mm-hmm. late in the fall it germinated and it came up, and as soon as they took the fence down, the electric fence down, oh, no. at the end of October, the deer came in and one night and they ate the whole business. Oh my goodness! So, uh, I mean, at least the roots were still in the ground, but that everything that you thought was going to be there wasn't. So, um, well, I, I'm not sure about. Maybe that. I'll call the extension service to be sure. I'll call Shane, <clears throat> our blue. County yeah. extension because you know sometimes they they know stuff that yeah. and you know as a master gardener you know we don't know everything and that no, is the case no. and we make mistakes right and you know from one area to another area it's different too because we have these these microclimates and where uh, one part of your yard maybe it would be okay and the next part of your yard it wouldn't be because it would germinate and then maybe freeze out so uh, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of a difficult thing to say. Well, yeah. anyway, uh, it's always great to have you on the show, Barb. I know you'll probably be out because it's beautiful fall weather this weekend. It's raining a little bit. Well, we need more. But, yeah, are you going to plant some bulbs this weekend? Of course I am. Oh, my gosh. Not only that, I'm, I'm excavating any place where there was a daffodil. I'm digging up the old bed because I'm finding that um, I have lots and lots of of daffodils in the ground they're getting too too thick yeah <coughs> my uh, best friend she lives in central wisconsin but she said you know i give up on tulips because of all the deer and stuff i said well why don't you do daffodil and alliums they don't bother them and so that's what she's going to do yeah and look at the varieties of daffodils there are now tall short multicolored ruffled even pinkish ones and yeah. oh yeah they're lovely lovely so, thanks barb happy ball planting okay thanks karen <laughs> bye-bye